All right, we're back. Um, March 2nd. March 2nd. You know what I realized the last time with the show when I, I listened back to it? Oh, wait, I got that right? Yeah, it's March 2nd. All right, let's go. It's March, it's March 2nd. So the what I realized the last time we did the show is when you guessed the date, I was looking at the date on the actual calendar. I wasn't looking at the date, which would be one day in advance of when we record. So technically you're wrong right now, but you're right because it is March 2nd right now. I've Well, except for that one and now this one, I've always been wrong. You know what? I'll give you a two-day window. If you get the day of the recording or the day that it actually comes out, you still win. Okay. So March it is March 2nd. It is March 1st as we are on this call, but it is March 2nd. Now yeah. that everyone is listening to this. And Ryan is a trooper, basically. Ba basically going through gridlock right now, uh, having terrible internet, recording a whole podcast on his phone. On my phone and AirPods, which I vowed I would never get. So here we are, AirPods coming in handy in 2021, baby. Well, I'm thinking about getting an Apple Watch. Um here soon I, you know they uh i don't know if i'll do it though but um yeah they, they have a lot of benefits and now that i work out but tell you what when i do work out i do listen to music i do love listening to early 2000s as we know i've been going on an 80s kick though here recently listening to motley crew listening to poison listening to kiss listen to that good old uh 80s rock that i love and grew up with um but I do that on Amazon Music. There's no other place I do that. Yeah, for sure. That's there's literally never a bad time to throw it back to the '80s, especially the bands that you mentioned. Um, of course, when Eddie Van Halen died last year, rest his soul. That was I was like Van Halen for the next week that that we were listening to. So that's that, again never a bad time. Of course, you don't want to do it then. I I've still been on this rap kick. I need explained on why I'm on this like big time rap kick right now. Uh, yesterday I was listening to, I was listening to like just Tupac and Biggie. Like I'll, I've, I've been listening to just anything. I, I don't understand. Not that they're just anything, but everything has been sounding good recently. So I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know where I'm doing it. And that's Amazon music. So on Amazon music, when you sign up, sign up using the code, get Amazon music.com backslash to Ryan sports. Again, that is get Amazon music.com backslash to Ryan sports to sign up today. You can make playlists. You can find playlists. Uh, you can download albums. You can download songs, anything that's hip in the news today, hip in the news. That sounds that's sorry, Amazon, but basically <laughs> anything that you want to listen to, you can find on Amazon music. You can make your own playlist, find playlists catered to you, but do it all on Amazon Music. Check them out. Download your favorites. Make some playlists. Work out. Sit around. Do whatever you want to do. But make sure you're listening to Amazon Music. Ryan, I I don't even think they understand. It truly is our favorite place to listen to music. I mean, I I can't talk about it enough. I really can't. I've discovered a lot of bands on Amazon Music. Actually, that's that's one place that I've I've really been able to discover a lot of bands on on Amazon. Um, so we got, got some entertainment stuff. The Golden Globes happened last night. 
um, you know, we're just jumping right into buy or sell here. But Golden Globes isn't really one of my topics. Uh, I do want to touch on it very briefly, though, before we get into buy or sell. Golden Globes, Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis took home uh, an award. Um, that's kind of what stuck out to me. Golden Globes are always the pre precursor to the Oscars. Really, a lot of the stuff that won last night, Golden Globes. Um, WandaVision beat Bridgerton in a category. I forget what that what category that is. Um, doesn't shock me. WandaVision's taken over everywhere, right? It's it's like everywhere. And by the way, if you if you drop a spoiler to someone about WandaVision who hadn't seen it or the new episode, they get pissed because it's it's almost like the Mandalorian or Game of Thrones. It's become that big of a cultural phenomenon if it hasn't already. And it crashed Disney Plus. But yeah, Golden Globes were last night. Um, I watched, I don't know, 10 minutes of it. It was weird to see the virtual um, thing again. Um, yeah, no, I, not a whole lot really stuck out to me on the Golden Globes. The only thing that stuck out to me was, I, I believe her name's Anna or Anna Taylor-Joy, uh, winning Best Actress in a Limited Series for Queen's Gambit, only because I watched Queen's Gambit. So I, I really, you know, it was exciting to see her win that. But if you've not seen that, and, and you, you all who listen know that I'm not really the entertainment guy. I'm not really trying to sell you any, um, you know, any big movies or anything like that. But Queen's Gambit was actually a really good show and is, is definitely worth the watch. I highly recommend that on Netflix if you have that platform. Yeah, and if you do have Apple TV+, Plus, check out Ted Lasso. Jason Sudeikis is actually currently filming uh, him and the cast filming the second season should debut sometime uh, when next Premier League season starts, which is uh, August. Um, and Man U Chelsea was a great game. Ended in a, uh, what they like to say, nil-nil. But um, let's jump into uh, buy or sell. My first buy or sell story. We got another one. And this time I'm actually okay with it. Oh, no. Superman is being rebooted. I don't understand though, because it's a little pre precarious, I guess would be the word that I would use there. We we've touched on this before. One one reason Marvel has such great continuity, even if you don't like comic books, I think what's starting to happen, especially with WandaVision, you can start to find people who don't like comic books or the characters of comic book characters. But what Marvel has done so well is they hire great writers for their shows or movies. They hire great casting and they they make sure their scripts are tight and cohesive in something they're trying to build. Essentially, Marvel could be its own company and it was its own company until Disney bought them in, in 2009. But even if Disney didn't buy them out, they would still have this great success. Because they had they have one guy at the helm and everything, but Batman, there's going to be Robert Patton, Pattinson. Batman, Ben Affleck is in Justice League. Now he didn't just shoot Justice League; it's four years old, and they went through reshoots. But he wasn't there for reshoots. Only certain little pieces happened for reshoots. But that's that's the problem with DC and Superman right now is Henry Cavill, also going to be in the Zack Snyder Justice League. That is one of the most top top five i would say anticipated things of the year movie or tv wise and you're you're now going to do a reboot when they're in the middle of processing and henry cavill has said himself that he would 
love to be Superman now that the Zack Snyder Justice League has is getting ready to come out and he would sign up and put on the, the spandex again. So I, I don't understand why this one, as much as I love Superman, and you can see me, I pretty much wear my Superman shirts all the time. I don't understand it. It's a little confusing. And it, it's it's that that's where things can fall apart, I think, because DC is trying to be just like Marvel, but they're they're not doing the right steps sometimes, I feel like, that they need to do. So my question with this is, is I find it interesting that, so what, what exactly is being rebooted? Because I, I feel like Superman is still like an ongoing story. So like you mentioned, they have two other ones that are basically, or, or that's Batman that has the productions, but like what, what Superman is being rebooted? Because I feel like you can just keep a story ongoing with somebody and you don't have to call it a reboot. Or is it like a movie or a series that is actually being kind of like brought back with him? It, it's a movie and I don't know where they'll go with it because the last Superman movie with Henry Cavill where it was a solo project not Batman versus Superman mm -hmm. or anything like that it, it was kind of an origin story but a different origin story where he is already grown up and he's kind of on the run it's not this classic cookie cutter that you used to see in early 2000 like when Peter Parker gets stung by the you know, Toby Maguire gets stung by the spider and right. have your origin story. It's, it wasn't like that. It, so I don't know where they go from there. Yeah. And I think that'll be interesting. I think that's why I, I'm, I'm reluctant to say I would sell it because I, I really don't know enough about the Superman origin with, with the story and everything where it's all gone. But I, I feel like once you start forcing things and it's not like a natural flow, I feel like that's when people are going to start to lose interest. So I hope that's not the case because Superman is arguably the most famous comic book character of all time. I mean, you can, we can debate this <laughs> some other time about who are, are some of the other ones are, but right. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're really into the, to the top tier of, of superheroes here. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's interesting that, that they come from this angle because I feel like it has the potential to be bad because if there's not really a, a clear direction there, it, but I, I guess it could also be good. I, I guess that's not knowing enough about it kind of puts me in a rock and a hard place, but I feel like if there's not a lot of direction, I feel like fans are only going to be let down. And I hope you don't feel that way as a, as a fan. Yeah. Um, I also think like DC movies themselves by themselves that that's not the issue. The issue is like when you compare it to Marvel and Marvel has one story lead into the next from a mm -hmm. movie or whatever. And that's where people find upset because DC wants to do the same thing, but they're not, they're not doing that. So. Right. Well, and I think, I think that's what's made Marvel so successful is, is Marvel has, you know, basically put it in a way to say, we have, I mean, 40 some odd movies that all relate. And if you watch them, it all makes sense, but it, you're almost just forcing yourself with these characters here. And, and I mean, it, again, it, it has the potential to either be really good or really bad. It, it's certainly Superman has a, has a following of people and people are going to flock to the movies to see it. But my only hope is, is that fans aren't let down asking, when are we actually going to get something worth watching again? 
because I feel like it's been a letdown with Superman the last couple of times it's been on the big screen. Right. So let me, uh, let me throw you a quick alley-oop here real quick before I get into my buy or sell. Uh, you buy in the Knicks still as the best team in New York? Yes. Little Knicks minute? L- little Knicks minute. We look good. Play Detroit last night. That's Sunday. Uh, we had a interesting game with the Magic over the weekend. And I, I don't know, man. I love this team. It's – it's um, Erlen's Noel playing for Mitchell Robinson at center, I thought originally – was going to be a tough sell however he's playing really well obi toppins coming off the bench obi toppins still does not have a jumper but the the good news is when he's paired with nerlands and he's paired at the four they play really well off each other and nerlands last night uh got 10 points in four minutes so the, the they have cohesion and they're working well together and actually that's helped guys like rj barrett who last year really struggled and that's also helped guys like um quickly who comes off the bench. I, his first name's eluding me right now, but quickly who comes off the bench. And then Derek Rose is, is playing a nice solid point guard uh, as well. That's the winning record, New York Knicks. Should we tell them what we talked about off air? <laughs> Let, I, I love it. Go for, go for it. When me and Ryan met each other many years ago now, many, many years ago, we had pretty much every single class <laughs> together. And I, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I wore the Knicks hoodie every mm-hmm. single day. And I still wear the Knicks hoodie all the time. I still have it. But that was the last time they had a winning record. They went 15, uh, 52 and 13 that year. They lost in the second round um, of the playoffs to the Pacers that year. I will say real quick while we're (laughs) talking about the Knicks. Also, Julius Randle, originally I was not sold on him, as we know about this. But what has become very interesting with Julius Randle is he's really has become the number one because it's almost by default. And what that has done for him is he's played really well in the three point shooting range. Last night he hit two or three threes within the first couple minutes of the second quarter. And he shot, I think it was 27, 26% from three. That's, that's incredible for, for a guy like him who was really a trade piece for a lot of, a lot of teams and look i'll be the first to say hand up i didn't think it he would be the number one i thought it should be someone else but he's playing so well man and and the team is having fun and and now we have fans back at the garden and so when, when i'm watching on league pass i get to see fans i get to hear him boo i, I get him to hear chant mvp not fake mvp <laughs> chants it's it's um I'm, I'm loving it man and um i think i even sent you um a, a video to post on our tiktok about how excited i was julius was an all-star yeah it's it's funny it's funny you say that because well number one you make me feel old when you're like many many years ago but you're right it was many many years ago but you know as much as we joked about the knicks maybe not being terrible but maybe not having success this year you're sitting in a playoff spot right now. How good is that going to feel if you're talking playoff spot here in a couple months? It's going to be amazing. But the problem is we've gone from coaches like David Fisdale and we've gone from coaches like Derek Fisher. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've had struggles there. And we also had Mike Woodson for a period of time, even after the 52 and 13 season. The, the main problem is he, he gets the best out of the team, but sometimes they're so gassed by the time they get to right. the playoffs. I would love to see this team get to the second round. 
I don't know if it can happen, but I would like to see them get to the second round, at least a game six or game seven in the second round. Hey, I love it. I love it. Look, I'll, I'll cheer for the Knicks for you. I don't have a rooting interest in basketball. So I, I wanted to bring up the Knicks, though, because I, I knew you would you would love and relish in talking about a, a winning winning season start so far. So um, so I want to I'll make the next one quick here. We're going to stick with basketball here just for a second. So uh, one of the games that we touched on over the weekend, talking about Iowa basketball versus Ohio State basketball. Great game over the weekend. A couple of Big Ten contenders. So, just a just a quick throw it out there question: Are you buying Iowa as the best team in the Big Ten, or are they going to have to they're going to have to go back to Ohio State again? And Ohio State will ultimately be victorious when it comes tournament time. Well, you're not even talking about Michigan. Michigan is the best team in the Big Ten. If you've watched them play their last two or three games, especially that game against Indiana, which I got to see uh, over the weekend. Look, man, they play really well off the ball. They play really fast-paced basketball. It's almost a complete different team than what John Beeline used to coach in Ann Arbor. The best part about Michigan is their their depth inside the paint, those guys are able to shoot outside as well. And sometimes you don't always have that in a Big Ten team. If you look at Wisconsin, that's what is Wisconsin's big Achilles heel right now. They can't seem to find jumpers on the outside. But teams like Illinois and Michigan can. I was great. That was a great win for them against Ohio State. But I also feel like Ohio State's going to start to fall down the stretch here. And even when they get into conference tournament time, they're not going to look as sharp as they did. I think what's really going to be what's really going to be interesting in this whole thing is just an overarching statement is the Big Ten tournament because there is so much talent. The Big Ten is so deep. Then when we're talking about the Iowa's and Ohio State's playing a great game, but you're right, Michigan coming in, Illinois, but so many other teams that can come in and just and play a great game. You're not going to count. I mean, even if it's not the best season, Tom Izzo is still the coach at Michigan State. So, I mean, there's there's a lot that happens in these tournaments. Um, I, I might be tuning into the Big Ten tournament as much as I am Big 12 watching the Mountaineers, but the Big Ten tournament has the makings of being maybe the most fun one we've watched in a few years. The, the Big Ten tournament, because they that's one of the conferences who, thank goodness, they have made up their mind they're going to do a tournament for conference play. But that Big Ten tournament is going to be so deep. Typically, that's what it's like with the ACC from Tuesday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. When you get to Wednesday this year with the conference tournament for Big Ten into Sunday afternoon, it's going to be incredible to see. Michigan, I, I know Gonzaga's won. Last thing I'll say, Michigan, in my opinion, is best team in the country. So – Okay. All right. Go blue. Go, go blue. Um, we have no feelings towards them over the whole Rich Rod thing. Um, so kind, kind of, John yeah, yeah. Going to the Cavs. What a, what a bad move. Anyway, it's March last year. Obviously we know it happened, whatever. Um, we're, we're still learning to deal with this, but many things were getting canceled and thing, things let up over the summer. And we're not going to get into all that kind of stuff. But the reason I bring this up is the, the San Diego Comic-Con, one of the key events of the entertainment year, along with Oscars, Emmys, those kind of things, is going virtual again. Last year when it went virtual, what happened is DC and Disney decided to do their own days and they did not do Comic-Con. And Comic-Con lost in a lot of revenue and... I actually went to the DC Comic-Con because it was free for one and two, it was virtual. So why not go to those things? But 
it got canceled and will move to virtual. Also, the E3 gaming convention will move to virtual. Those are going to, they typically are always held in June and July, respectively. I feel like um, that's kind of an interesting move coming from Comic-Con, considering the entertainment world is still trying to push movies to theaters. So you're not going to have your stars go out in public and greet these people, but you're pushing your movies to theaters. When When is that Comic-Con? Remind me. Comic-Con is typically the third week in July, and this is okay. that's why I'm selling it, because I feel like you have enough time where you could either make a plan or be, you can still pivot and move your movies to streaming. Yeah, so I think I would sell it too in that regard, and, and the one thing that I think of to compare it, um, so I, I go to a music festival every year, and I know this is kind of two different lines of entertainment, but bear with me. So the music festival that I go to every year is typically in May. It's called Sonic Temple in Columbus. So they've canceled Sonic Temple, but the same promoting company is running their festival in September. Now, they have basically came out and said, we're going to do this, do or die. And not maybe not quite that strong of language, but they basically said, oh, we're doing it and we're not pivoting from this. I've, I feel like there's still an opportunity when you're looking at July, now I understand that there's so much planning that goes into this. This is not something that you just start talking about now. Basically, as soon as one of these big events is over, such as Comic-Con or something like that, you, you've already made plans for the next one. You know years in advance what's coming. You, know, you have that idea. But I feel like, I feel like there's, there's still a way to do an in-person type event. Now, the, the hard thing would be the social distancing side of it. I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't know any of this, but the one thing I will say for a virtual event, such as something like Comic-Con, I think it opens it up to a lot more people. And that's the one thing that I think is interesting about virtual events is you're talking about uh, people who may not be able to afford it or with traveling, wouldn't be able to just get somewhere they can't take all the time off work. So it, it makes it interesting when you talk about a virtual event in that way, but it's also not the same thing. Because, you know, if you've been to an event like Comic-Con, I've never been, but just comparing it again to things that I would be able to talk about that I know, the difference in watching a streaming concert as opposed to actually being at a concert, seeing the band, hearing the music, being in that kind of moment, it's not the same. As much as we want it to believe it's the same, and it does have its benefits, I would much rather be standing next to a bunch of people that I don't know getting smashed around at a concert than I would be sitting in front of my laptop watching it. And, and I feel like people would feel the same way about Comic-Con. I'd rather be in long lines to meet somebody that I would want to meet as opposed to sitting there seeing them in a Zoom link, just personally. I'm very interested in knowing what happens. If, if Disney and Warner Brothers do what they did last year in, in DC, are, are they going to, are they going to take are they not going to be a part of it again? And they're going to do their own thing. And, and you know, Disney still did um, in, in, you know, virtual as well, but it wasn't as open to the public as the DC one was. And, you know, I, I'm sure that hurts Comic-Con. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I, I keep comparing this to music, but, you know, again, that's, that's what I know in the entertainment world that makes sense. But like, so you're right, because you have to promote these movies. You have to be out there and, and 
basically touring it in a sense, similar to what music is. When you put an album out, you need to tour it because that's where you make your money. If, if people were still quarantined and you can push them the movie, yeah, it makes sense. But at the same time, you're, you're right. This is another lost revenue stream that these places are enduring that they're, I know we're all ready to be past what this pandemic has caused everyone for a lot of reasons, but that's, that's just another reason that even a big business like Comic-Con in, in that industry is saying like, okay, we, we are ready. We are ready to move on because we want these events to be back in person. Right. So, all right, I'm going to give you the choice here. So I have, I actually have another basketball story. Um, you know what? I'm going to do the football story only because this, the, the basketball story has a little bit of a timely thing to it. So I'm going to do the football story, uh, which is the one that everyone has seen in the past day. We all know what it is. Everyone could predict what it is. Um, so JJ Watt making his announcement that he's going to the Arizona Cardinals on a two year, $31 million deal, $23 million guaranteed. Um, you can say JJ Watt's past his prime. You can say any of that, but is, is, maybe not even buy or sell, but is this a good deal for the Arizona Cardinals? Are you buying that J.J. Watt is, is going there to win a championship? Because this is a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. Correct. They didn't make the playoffs, right? And everyone was on their high horse about going into the season saying that they would make the playoffs and they would have a deep run in the playoffs. None of that happened. And if you look at their schedule, which we've talked about way back in the fall last year, uh, if you look at their schedule when we talked about them going down the stretch last year they only had the one win they were one and five mm-hmm. going into their final season and we both talked about that it was the the how mary so they would have been zero and six going down the stretch their problem was on the defensive side of the ball in their secondary if you look at jj watt being added that's a huge addition also it helps him out that the andre's there DeAndre is very familiar with JJ. JJ is very familiar with DeAndre, obviously. So I'm sure that they can work together and be able to become a cohesive unit. I actually think a huge problem for them is still going to be their secondary. Patrick Peterson can't cover everyone. And then secondly, if you look at their linebacking core, their linebackers are not as deep as some of the other teams in the NFC West. Seattle still has a deep lineup and then San Francisco on their linebacking core their linebackers are probably the best in in the west in the west I think the biggest addition for him going forward is knowing he has a chance for the first time in a lot of years to make the playoffs and that motivates him more especially for the fact that he got cut for nothing he didn't get traded he didn't get he didn't get moved he didn't get you know even a a small role piece or restructured contract he got Cut was gone. And if you look at guys in those situations like LT from San Diego many years ago, and when he went to the Jets, he was a huge role player for those two years. So I don't know if he's JJ's that far past his prime, but I feel like he could have a huge impact. I think the biggest thing you have to watch with JJ Watt, though, is his injuries because they've only seemed to be more prominent the last couple of years. Now, I know he's played in more games the last couple of years, but just the the thought of injuries and him missing time in those games is is still is still stacking up. So I I actually agree. The the argument that he's past his prime is not necessarily true because he's still a great player and still performing at a very high level. I think the expectation with somebody like JJ Watt is just significantly higher because we saw those three years that he won Defensive Player of the Year. There's there's not been 
maybe too many more, if not any more unstoppable players in our lifetime that we've seen in person. So I, I think that's why we hold JJ Watt to that standard. But I just, I think a lot of this has to do with cap room because I think there were better fits in the sense of, you know, if you want to win a ring, if you want to go to a team that is kind of built to win now, I th think there were better teams. And as much as I hate to say it, it sounds crazy. One of them was the Browns. I think the Browns are more built to win now in that sense. They have seen the playoffs. They know what it's like. Pairing him with Miles Garrett on one side, I mean, of course, he's going to be paired with Chandler Jones on one side, who might be the most underrated, maybe the most underrated, I'll say it, player in football, not just defensive end, underrated player in football. But even like a team like Green Bay, but I think some of this just has to do with Cat because you're talking about a guy who, you're right, got cut for nothing. There's really no monetary side. There's nothing that's coming with it. He's not carrying a contract. You don't have to give up capital for him in that regard. So it's about where he feels he can play, be successful, win, but also still make the money that he feels that he deserves. I think Arizona can still make the playoffs. I don't think that's an argument. I think Arizona, I, we said it last year, I think Arizona was good enough to make the playoffs, but struggled down the line. I, I think you find them in the playoffs this year, but I also kind of find it interesting that if we're saying like we we are leaving to win a ring, you go from the Houston Texans to the Arizona Cardinals who have also never won a Super Bowl in their team's history. It's just, it's a well, it's an odd transition. And they haven't been in the playoffs since 2015. It's not like, it, it, you you think everyone was on their high horse last year going into the season. Wait till you get to this offseason. It's going to be extremely amplified. I think the most shocking thing is I understand why he went to Arizona, probably the familiarity with DeAndre. I'm sure he mm -hmm. really likes Kyler as a quarterback. You don't go to a team that doesn't have a quarterback, at least somewhat established. Kind of shocking that he didn't go to Tennessee or Cleveland. And I'm imagining he did talk to both of those teams but it's really shocking he didn't go to Tennessee. If you look at Tennessee, Tennessee is probably one of the most deepest teams in the league, and they're right on their championship window. They're right on their championship window. They have one of the deepest. They have one of the deepest talent rosters in all of football. Yeah, and again, it could just be a cap type thing with that. But Tennessee would have been an interesting, an interesting thing for a lot of reasons. Because can you imagine him wreaking havoc on the Texans twice a year? Well, and Vrabel's his coach. Vrabel right. coached him up in, in Houston for so many years that that is as familiar as you can get. So, but lastly, on my side, so Obi-Wan should have, should have started filming like very pre-production stuff, Disney plus show based on Obi-Wan. If you don't know star Wars, that's what it is, <laughs> but it just made a casting for another character. Now you got, uh, and she she was an actor on Game of Thrones. She played um, Elias Sands, um, who was one of the characters in Game of Thrones later seasons around season six who got killed. But you're going to have key, key characters. Now you're going to have her new role. You're going to have Darth Vader and you're going to have Obi-Wan. It seems like this show's coming together. And a lot of the people think, Obi-Wan's mentor in The Phantom of the Menace, which some people consider the worst movie of all time. I will not say that. That is Attack of the Clones of the Star Wars series. But a lot of people think Liam Neeson's Jedi, Quan Jin, 
that's right, Quan Jin will be added at some point or a secret type of addition. But it's, it's uh, unbelievable what they're building over there, getting ready to shoot in England. Uh, thought it was should have already happened, but it, it'll start here in a couple weeks around, I believe, the end of March or first week of April. It's unbelievable what Disney is building with their lineup with a show like this and WandaVision ending this coming week and their new show coming out in a week and a half, two weeks. So you're, you're going to have a lot of Star Wars and Marvel content coming coming through you soon. I mean, how about Disney's just basically taking over the world? I mean, that's, that's kind of what it feels like. They are Thanos. When Thanos is collecting yeah. the, the Infinity Stones, that is what Disney is. Yeah, that's very much what they are. And, and they've done it because you talked about Marvel, and, and we've talked about Marvel a lot on this show and Star Wars and, and basically anything else that Disney does. Uh, they put out... When they paired with Pixar back in the, I guess it was the 90s, they started with Pixar. Was Toy Story the first Disney Pixar movie? Is that right? Uh, 98. So Toy, Toy Story came out in 97. So year after Toy Story, they they bought Pixar. Okay. So, I mean, still with all the Pixar movies, the, the Pixar movies are probably some of my favorite Disney movies overall. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm not as big of a fan of Marvel, but of course, Marvel is ruling the world, ruling the world in its own sense, too. I think Disney's unstoppable. I, I just think that's what it comes down to. I think Disney with the brand recognition that they have, Disney is just compiling. You're right. They really are Thanos with the infinity stones collecting everything that they feel is valuable and just saying, how can we make this more valuable and just making billions of dollars for this damn mouse with these ears that they seem to just keep funneling more money into in this big world and then they're going to have a marvel world and a in a star wars world it disney world's going to be its own freaking state here in about 25 years because you're you're just going to have to move there and be a part of that but that's that's the success that they found and i i can't say i'm shocked i mean they've been doing it for almost 100 years now i guess 90 some years since the beginning and here we are in 2021 and they're just buying up everything. Me and you both laughed off air how ridic- how ridiculous it is that WandaVision crashed their service. Yeah. Crashed their service. Like Mandalorian didn't do that. And Mandalorian was the most popular thing in the world for at least five to six months. And that's not that's not me being a Star Wars guy with permanent ink on me and getting more Star Wars ink. That's just a s- simple fact that everyone and their mother, if they didn't watch it, did a Baby Yoda meme. And it was kind of almost like a viral challenge for so many months. And people, you would walk up to them and they would be having Baby Yoda stuff, but you, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know that it's, you know, they wouldn't have seen the show. And that that is how crazy it is. It crashed a service that's where they are. I will, last thing, before I let you get to your point, I want you, what do you think is the milestone they crossed this past weekend? What milestone do you think Disney crossed? Well, I know they were getting close to 100 million subscribers. So I'm going to go with that just because I, I feel like that was the next one that we were inching up on. They closed in on 102 million subscribers, depending on which site you read, 101, 100, whatever. But they closed on 102. 
Netflix is at 115. To put that in perspective, Netflix has been around since 2008, 2007. Disney Plus has been around since 2019, and they're about to do something they they thought they couldn't do for six or seven years. Right. This is like the uh, this is like the meme back whenever the pandemic first started that said, "Weird how Skype had a 17 year lead and Zoom still won." That's <laughs> that's kind of where we're at right now at Disney right. Plus and Netflix, saying that. But again, this is what Disney does. I think it was only a matter of time before Disney said, we're going to do a streaming platform. Again, obviously we know it's out, but it was only a matter of time before they were going to do it. And they seem to be doing it better than everybody, much like everything Disney seems to do. So I can't say I'm shocked. Okay, final one, basketball, still college basketball. Simple question. I'm, I'm into simplicity this week with my, uh, with my buyer sell. WVU plays Baylor tonight on ESPN. They play TCU on Thursday, Oklahoma State on Saturday. Are you buying or selling that Bob Huggins gets his 900th win this week? He's 898 right now, needs two more to get to 900. Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State. Do you see two wins in there? I'll go real simple for you. Yes. Basically, because yeah. TCU, that that should be a win. And then Oklahoma State, they are not good. They they had a very, very surprising game over over the weekend beating Oklahoma, but WBU's sweet 16 good. They and that's we're, I'm I'm not a homer when it comes to those kind of things, but they really are. They're sweet 16 good. Yeah, I I know we joke on the show whenever it comes to the Steelers. I always try to be more optimistic. And as, as I always said, and, and you jokingly say, pick with my heart. Uh, I do try to be realistic with teams, though. I think the reason I got upset with the Steelers is because I know that they're better than they were. Anyway, this isn't about the Steelers. I always try to be realistic with my teams. You know, you, you, you know that they can do it, but you try to be realistic. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't be shocked if Bob Huggins gets win 900 against T. To you on Thursday, that they beat Baylor tonight, and and that they win that game, they upset Baylor, and that they get that they get it against TCU on Thursday. It just wouldn't shock me. That's that's the level of basketball WVU is playing right now, and and I'm not necessarily one of those people that that absolutely stands behind the oh it's addition by subtraction, uh, talking about the loss of Oscar Shibway, but. It is hard to deny that this team has been playing a lot better since his uh, since his exit from the team, and, and I don't think it's because he was hurting the team. I don't. I think it's just this group seems to mesh well together. They're playing well. I think I saw a stat today that the four games WVU has lost uh, since the beginning of the year have been by six points. I mean, that's this is this is basketball, folks. Th- that is that is almost less. Than, it's less than two points a game. I mean, that is that is the level that WVU is playing right now. Number six in the country. You're right. I think this team's Sweet 16 good. Uh, I would love to see them go a little bit deeper. How great would it feel to see a national championship in Morgantown? Uh, we won't get too crazy, but this this is a team that's really finding its stride, and I'm with you. I'm buying it. Bob Huggins is going to have win 900 this week. and Get that man in the freaking Hall of Fame already. Stop messing around and put him in already. Yeah, we need to have Seth back on to preview the brackets when they come out um, in two and a half weeks' time. I will say they feel like a four or five seed right now. But 
I saw somebody saying too, that's not me. That's somebody else. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we're moving into the fight game. We, uh, we have lovely Andrea Lee. She's one of the most down to earth people we've interviewed on the show. It's, it's kind of, kind of cool to hear, you know, the way she looks at fighting and different kind of things, whether it's TV or music, but she, she was awesome. And I, I'm very excited for people to hear this. And it's our first professional athlete. This is the first professional, active professional athlete that we've had on this show. So that's extremely exciting. And you're right, Andrea is down to earth. Uh, fun to talk a little bit about fighting, a little bit about lifestyle and, and sports with her. But uh, again, as I always say, we hope that you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And now our interview with Andrea Lee. All right, we now welcome on the number 10 ranked fighter in the UFC women's flyweight ranks, 11 wins in her UFC career, Andrea Lee. Andrea, thank you for joining the Two Ryan Sports Show here today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably a little bit different than, a, than the normal ring intro that you hear whenever you're walking down. Um, maybe maybe not used to it quite as much, but uh, um, anyway, I, I wanted to actually ask you about that because I've, I've always wondered from a, from a fighter's perspective, can you describe to us, like, what, what's the exhilaration feel like when you're walking down to the ring, you hear your music playing, you're getting introduced, even in the ring, like, what, what exactly does that feel like? How can you put that into words? Man, I guess it, I mean, you're just filled with excitement. I don't know how to really put it into words because I guess I've made that walk so many times, but the first time that I made the walk, you know, to the UFC octagon was that one was, that one was, it was different, you know, it was my debut and I was in Chile and you know, that so many people were there, you know, just, it just fills you with so much excitement and, um, adrenaline uh lately because there hasn't been any crowds it kind of feels like I don't know it feels like you're you're fighting on like a regional show sort of only you know it's still the UFC it's just that there's not anybody out there you know cheering you on um so that that play, that makes a difference and having people in the crowd really plays a part because it it gives you that that drive and that push and um, so you're an advocate for fans to come back then you're ready for that then I am. I am ready for that because that, that excites me. And, you know, the walk to the cage is a very exciting thing. And, you know, you, you have to control your emotions because you can be filled with like a bunch of adrenaline, you know, and you really want to like control all that so that you keep your energy for that in the cage for everything that you need it for in the cage. I feel like walking out when you, when I watch like fight, like your fights or the Usman fight from a couple weekends ago, like, I watch every UFC fight for the most part. I feel like when they do it at the performance center, which I understand the reasoning behind it, it, it almost feels like I'm watching ultimate fighter at times or like, yeah. times. Um, you know, and I know they didn't have the, the PC back in the day with ultimate fighter, but it's just a different energy before we start having some fun. Tell me about your next fight against Shevchenko May 18th. I'm telling you, you're going to win that. You're going to, you're going to knock her out. I'll, I'll predict a TKO for <laughs> Man, I would love that. That that is something I would love to have. But I just, you know, I'm going in there to get a finish or just get my hand raised, no matter what. Uh, I really don't want to leave it in the hands of the judges, so I'm really planning to do all that I can to just get that win before the final bell rings. So 
whatever round it is, like I just plan on getting it done. Um, I'm excited because, you know, she is, she is Valentina's sister, but she's not, I don't, I don't want to just refer to her as Valentina's sister. You know, she's, she is her own person and she's a, a freaking phenomenal fighter. And um, her Muay Thai is really, really good. I think that her weakness is the ground and her wrestling. So um, I'm sure everybody, you know, that hears of this matchup, they probably think that I'm just going to go in there and try and take her down. And, and maybe I may, but I don't, I think that I'm, I'm wanting to display a little bit of everything in this fight because I know that I can and I can strike with the best. Um, my last fight was not, was not my best. It wasn't my best performance there in my head. I don't think I was there mentally, but, um, I really do want to like show everybody what I'm capable of and, and show them what the old Andrea, you know, can do. Well, you're still that old Andrea to me. I love watching. (laughs) I would say, uh, the last decision loss you had, not the last fight. I think it was the fight before that. The judges. Yeah. Judges screwed you on that, but yeah. So camps are obviously hard. I know some fighters do six weeks, some do eight, some do nine. What is, if you can, I know you're cutting weight, but what's a good cheat meal? A good cheat meal? Yeah. Like, are you candy? You, you carbon up? Like, what's a good cheat meal? I guess it would be pasta. You know, like, uh, I like to uh, cheat with some pasta or some potatoes, something like that. But uh, I really don't start my cut cut until like two weeks out um I mean I monitor everything that I eat you know leading up to those last two weeks and uh, you know I change my diet that way that I'm already prepared for that weight cut food but um I don't typically start actually like focusing on changing my my diet up until or my or changing my food until like two weeks out you know like really monitoring it the most um Right now I'm sitting about 140, 139. So it's it at this weight, it's easy for me to cut down to 125. I wish I could say the same for my weight, but that's you know that's that's why I do what I do and you do what you do. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, talking about your upcoming fight, I'm sure you're also a fan of this. So you also have your own little kind of looks into the sport in some degree. What's a fight? It can be from past fighters. It can be from upcoming fighters. You can even put yourself into this. What's a fight that you would love to see? What's kind of like the ultimate fight that you would love to see? Men's, women's ranks, doesn't matter. What's what's kind of the top tier one that you would love to see? Oh, man. Hmm. Let me think about that for a second. Um. I don't know. I mean, I know I kind of just opened the entire UFC book on you and said, just pick two people out or pick four people out for two. But, you know, is is there anybody that, you know, kind of just stands out to you that you would like to see maybe fight again versus somebody that's, that's kind of up and coming now, or maybe even yourself, like I said, (laughs) is there somebody that you would love to go up against? Well, a fight that I would love to see, you know, would, would be, I guess that's kind of, it's kind of hard because I feel like every, all the matchups that I wanted to see have kind of like happened. Like I wanted to see Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor and that happened. And I was, I was happy, you know, for the outcome of that because, um, and I, I love Conor McGregor. I'm a fan of him, but you know, obviously like watching, uh, watching Dustin get that win was really satisfying. Um, 
man that's really i don't know i guess i'm gonna have to pass on that because i don't know and i'm terrible yeah. at those types of questions <laughs> boy it sounds like some of your dreams have already came true then you've you've seen the fights that you wanted to see in that regard yeah and i mean i guess i'd like to see no ronda's already fought going to the top and you know i was like ronda nunez already happened ronda i don't know i'm like if ronda was to come back and i don't know if i really care to see like khabib necessarily i don't know yeah i, I know. think i think what i think what we're speaking into existence is that ufc does a great job with its matchups so we don't have to dream about matchups we know yeah, they we're really gonna see and we, and we do that yeah, I feel like all the matchups that I've been wanting to see have, have been taking place or, you know, I think they're going to. Well, I can I can tell you I can't wait. I, I know it's going to happen. It just depends on the outcome of the winner. When Jones fights either the winner of Nagant, uh, Francis versus Stipe, can't wait for that because he's obviously bulking up the heavyweight. And then I, I actually think Valentina, if she, if she fought, not Nunez, but if she fought Joanna Jojacek, a, a fight like that or uh Wei Lee um because I feel like those matchups stylistically benefit her but um but she did fight Joanna already yeah and and it but that Joanna was a different fighter back then I think well which fight are you talking about because she did fight like Joanna came up to 125 and fought Valentina well I feel like when Joanna fought Valentina Valentina was at the peak of her game and Joanna that's when she really started to go on the losing streak that's where she started to lose to fighters and she had the two or three fight losing skid but I feel like if yeah much of that um yeah and the way Lee would be a good one I think that would be a good one too yeah um so UFC atmosphere I, I mean fans are going to come back at some point but what is a card that you would like to fight on is it a fight night card or a pay-per-view card? Because I know it all depends on fight bonuses and stuff like that. And you obviously got to fight to get the paycheck, but would you rather fight in a place like, you know, New York or Brazil or Australia, like something like that? Like what is a place you would love to, obviously you're going to go there for the fight, but what's a place you would like to visit? Um, Cause they do Australia and Brazil like once or twice a year. Australia would be cool um i don't know if they ever fight if they have any fights in like ireland i think that would be awesome you know going to ireland um i i would like to stay i don't want to fight in brazil necessarily or um oh yeah you said new york i'd like to avoid new york <laughs> but uh but yeah places like chile and ireland you know it's beautiful cool countries you know i'd love to go and see um but uh Right now, I'm happy fighting in Vegas because it's just, it's right down the road, you know, it's easy to get there. And I really like the way that everything, the fighters are being taken care of there. I like the way the hotel was set up. Um, and I love the fact that the venue's right down the road, you know, so uh, it's it's pretty, I, I like I like how it's set up right now. Fighting in Abu Dhabi, because I fought there before it was Fight Island. I fought there the first time that they fought in Abu Dhabi. And I would like to see what it's like to fight there on Fight Island because I would like to see the difference and make the comparison. But when I fought in Abu Dhabi, it was so hot. It was miserable. Um, 
but we could go places. We could actually go and see see things and sightsee. We got to see a palace, you know. We got to go on. Uh, we got to go to Ferrari World and ride the fastest roller coaster in the world. Probably not the smartest idea because I was not feeling too well after that. That ruined me for the next day and a half. It really did. Um, and then of course getting accum- acclimated, like as soon like when you get there, you know, you're trying to get your sleep schedule, you know, right. That's really hard when you're traveling and you have a fight coming up and you got to cut weight. And now you have all this COVID stuff. You got all these tests you got to take, you got quarantine. I mean, that just, I just feel like it's best in Vegas right now. It definitely pulls it into a central place. I, I feel like if you go back to Ireland, I feel like you could almost, if there's enough alcohol provided, you could just have an entire UFC night just all around the arena. Everyone could go to fight because I, I know Ireland's kind of big into that. But I'm, yeah. I'm sure that definitely makes it difficult to what you said was interesting because you kind of have that relationship with people whenever you go to these places, but it, it kind of limits, I would assume now, kind of what you can do and where you can go very much whenever you fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so right now it's like, even if you were to go and fight in Ireland, if I was able to go, I wouldn't be able to go anywhere because of the COVID standard. So you'd just be stuck at a hotel and that's the only thing that you would get to see is that in the venue. And then you have to, and then you fly out. So yeah, I, I feel like that would be, that would just be miserable, especially coming from being able to see these things and be able to do that. But yeah, um, I, I do have a couple last questions here for you. I'm going to kind of lump them all together. So typically my last question, I like to stock people's social media. So I was on your Twitter and looking around a little bit of who you follow um, because we're also a sports show. But, but I have one question. You follow the band Overkill. Are you, are you a metalhead? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I have listened to heavier stuff, you know. But okay. honestly, um, I don't know. It must have been a while ago whenever I, whenever I followed them. So I'm sure there was a reason, but <laughs> some time ago. Okay. I just had to ask because I noticed that and I was like, overkill. Okay, because I'm a metalhead myself. And I was like, yeah. Andrea's got a little bit of a good taste here. But uh, also looking down to you also follow the Saints and Old Miss football. So you're obviously Louisiana. So you kind of fall into that category. How are you feeling about the upcoming season? The, the potential of maybe not having Drew Brees and Old Miss is kind of on the up and up with Lane Kiffin or is, are things looking up in NOLA or are they kind of looking, you know, where, where are you at with this upcoming season? I'm not really sure. I feel like if they don't have Drew Brees, I mean, it's going to be a little, it's going to be tough for mm-hmm. them. I feel like, you know, Drew Brees has been, he's one of the, the ones that carries the team, you know, I mean, you, you need a good quarterback and he's, he has been a great quarterback, I, I believe, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I know that the New Orleans mayor is down there trying to recruit Russell Wilson. We've, we've talked about this on our show. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but She's she's doing her best to to get him down there. Yeah. Um, well. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh. My- um. So, okay. last uh last question for you. Um. So I was actually looking through your Instagram. I follow you on Instagram. Saw you follow Game of Thrones. I saw you follow Survivor. Like, what what's what's your favorite show that like you're watching when you're relaxing? And then. Lastly, what, what do you think is going to happen between like Israel Adesanya making uh, the move to light uh, heavyweight this weekend? That's it. I mean, that's exciting, you know, to see 
Adesanya to go up and wait. You know, I feel like he's beat everybody in his weight class. And it's like, really, it's, it's always fun to watch him fight. So it's going to be even funner to see him at, at with higher level, heavier weight competition. You know, I, I'm excited to see um, what he can do. And I know that he has, I mean, I have faith, you know, that he's probably going to go out there and, and make it look easy. Like he always does. Uh, <laughs> he's just, he's just a cool uh, fighter. He has such a great style. Um, it's hard to figure out, you know, what it is that he's going to do. And he's just so relaxed in everything that he does. And he can dance. He, he's got some moves. <laughs> he's just fun to watch all, no matter, no matter what he's doing. If he's walking out, he's fun to watch. You know, if he's talking, you know, he's, he's always, he's just fun. You know, uh, I'm excited to see what he does, you know? And okay. So game of Thrones and stuff, uh, right now I watch a little bit of everything. I mean, I go from like anime to like basically like, uh, you know, like love stories to action, to thrillers, uh, to suspense. I mean, I, I just mix it up. It's just whatever I'm feeling really. And sometimes like I, I get tired of just watching like you know real tv so i'll just put on some anime i'll find something it's like some sort of like action anime show you know and start watching that just because i get tired of like watching all these soap operas it's always the same thing you know i like new stuff and you know uh i can't pinpoint anything in particular but i did watch all of game of thrones and i really liked that you know that was such a cool uh series so yeah i guess that answers that <laughs> <laughs> Are you in the camp though that the ending was was not up to up to the rest of the series though? Yeah, I am. I do. I do wish that could have ended some other way. I don't. Uh, I wouldn't be good at, at coming up with an ending, but I do feel like it should have ended a different way than than that. You know. Sure. I, I think most. I think everyone's in that camp. Really, there's. I, I've not talked to anybody, or we've not talked to anybody who is who has been argumentative on that point. Yeah, and having the girl like kill uh, the the Night King, uh, shit, what was her name? I can't even remember right now. But I mean, I like that. That was a good twist. I mean, it wasn't really a twist because they've been telling you out the whole series that no one could kill him, and you know, and she kind of referred to herself as no one, or she became no one. So I mean, it kind of made sense. But I, and I like that. But I didn't like the ending, you know, where uh, Daenerys gets killed by. Uh, john snow you know i mean like then she just like flipped the switch and went crazy and just started killing everybody like i don't know i was like man that could have went completely different i was i was kind of i don't know i think i was wanting to see kind of more of a a happier ending maybe (laughs) sure well the good news is is to your point there's always new shows coming out you're always going to find something new so best of luck in your next tv search but andrew Andrea, we really do appreciate you coming on the show and talking a little UFC, a little sports, a little lifestyle with us here too. Um, as you go about your life and of course your next fight, uh, of course, best of luck in your next fight, but also be safe. I hope that your family and everyone around you stays safe. Uh, and hopefully we'll talk to you, uh, Victor, here in a little while and we'll talk to you again down the road. Definitely. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Andrea was such a, a fun person to interview. I can't wait to have her on again, especially after she beats uh, Shevchenko's sister. I do like Shevchenko's sister. I, I, I know that's not that's not how she goes by, but um, that's going to be a great fight on May 18th. I do think Andrea has 
better ground game, like she said. Uh, Shevchenko's Muay Thai, though, if you watched her previous fights, uh, especially her last fight, her Muay Thai is on par with great Muay Thai, just like her sister's. Yeah, that that might actually be the first fight I tune into because I'm not a I'm not a huge UFC person overall, but now having a little bit of skin in the game there with Andrea and, and having our again our first professional athlete on, I think I'm I think I'm here for it. Let's go, Andrea. Well, with you not being a UFC guy, I will say, Connor, Ronda, Brock, D- Daniel Cormier, John Jones, GSP. Mm-hmm. Those are the six biggest draws in my my opinion this isn't like a definitive list six biggest draws ufc's ever had israel Mm -hmm. adesanya the guy who fights this week i can tell you right now if you haven't watched him fight he is one of the most incredible fighters i have ever seen between bellator ufc and uh back in the day when before streaming started getting taking off i had ufc fight pass and they had a lot of pride fights on there rampage mm-hmm. jackson and pride was unbelievable but mm-hmm. israel adesanya is going to be the next major guy that you look at years from now that like oh he changed the game i forgot chuck liddell but chuck liddell's on there as well big draw i was gonna say i know all those names now i, I couldn't tell you about their fights but i at least know who all those people are yeah so our conversation corner, kind of a kind of a week where we're really in between getting ready for March to really pick up before conference play. There's two or three games left, depending on which team you are. And small tournaments haven't started yet. We do conversation corner. And conversation corner a couple of weeks ago, we did sports and streaming. But with Paramount Plus launching on Friday, we felt it was appropriate since we do half sports, half entertainment, to really break down. With Paramount, you're going to have at least 10 to 12 services to choose from. And it's really about what's worth your dollar, not just what's worth your sports dollar, but how much do you invest into this and how much do you invest into that? I I thought it was a good topic for us to uh, dive into. It's interesting because we've kind of beat around this bush for weeks as far as streaming purposes and uh, what's worth our money and, and what what could make us move to something. But I, I think actually looking at it from the perspective of this is this is kind of where you go for these things because as as you'll discover in these, you know, Ryan and I, as similar as we are, we also have different likes as far as shows and, and sports and such. So looking at it more objectively to talk about, you know, this is this is where you want to spend your money if you're looking for blank if you will so i'm just going to go through the rundown of streaming services that they are okay okay let's prep in for about a 30 minute rundown here because everyone has a streaming service now uh quibi oh i'm sorry quibi (laughs) oh i gotta change my list here ryan (laughs) sling tv youtube tv fubo tv then you have hulu tv okay so right now we're at four (laughs) only we're we're at four Then you have Netflix, right? You have Disney Plus, you have ESPN Plus, you have Discovery Plus, you have Apple TV Plus, you have Hulu itself that you would have to pay, not just live TV, Hulu itself. We're at 10. HBO Max, Peacock, Paramount Plus, 
And I think there's one that I'm missing. You know, no, that might, that actually might be it. I, I, I don't uh, know if we, I think I might be missing one, but I feel like we covered all of them. Um, yeah, I think. I know we, like Amazon, did you say Amazon? Oh, A- Amazon Prime, I'm sorry, Amazon Prime. Because I mean, and, I, I realize that's like kind of twofold, but. If, if you want to look at it on, on a larger scale of things, Spotify Premium. And then mm-hmm. lastly, you, you would be at 16 with this. Lastly would be Pluto TV, but Pluto's free and it has like 300 channels. That's a lot mm-hmm. of options. And if you include DirecTV or Comcast or even Dish, you're at 19, 20 different options. Right. Well, and, and like we said, I, I think what it comes down to is, is what you actually like and want to watch. Because when, when looking at it from my end, the things that I really want to watch are, I, number one, more than anything, is sports. Sports has always been the thing that I've wanted to watch and wanted to watch more of than anything. I'm, as we've joked about many times, I'm not a huge movie guy. I'm not really a huge, um, you know, I said soap operas. Of course, I'm not a soap opera guy. We've determined that. But basically, any any network TV, like I, I've gotten into a few shows. Uh, you know, I joke about The Office, but I never watched an episode of The Office live. That was all on Netflix back whenever it was on there a couple years ago. So, you know, when looking at sports and live sports, I, I think I think it's just a question. Now, I have them all pulled up here. Um, and of course, my my vote is always for Fubo. And, and that's that's personal. Because it, it carries the AT&T Sportsnet, it carries the Penguins games, it carries the Pirates games, two teams that I care about. Now, I understand that's being a diehard fan. That's, that's not necessarily the, the reasonable answer of saying, like, I want to watch sports just in general. You know, looking at these other ones, Sling TV actually has a, a, an okay lineup for the uh, 35 bucks a month that it is. Um, all the ESPN channels, um, which, I mean, that's that's pretty much going to give you all the sports that you would need there. I mean, it's it's a limited selection of those channels, but still a lot of a lot of different places, um, you know, but also I'll tell you the one that is also very intriguing as far as sports go is YouTube TV. YouTube TV could very well be the winner in, in that regard. If you just like sports, the only thing, again, that it doesn't have for me is just that AT&T Sportsnet hump to get over but you know looking at what youtube tv offers as far as channels i mean they're they're them and fubo are comparable in in what they offer and it again really just comes down to what you value i think as far as sports goes when when it comes to those services yeah youtube tv i did have fubo i switched to youtube because a it was more cost um by doing fubo but b youtube tv really has everything I need except for Nick's games. And, you know, now the Knicks are good again, thank goodness. We're going to be on national TNT or ESPN broadcast. But, I mean, I tell people all the time, if, if you want to cut out a huge chunk or bill of your time, go to YouTube TV. Go, they have all the locals. They have all the channels. Now, I'm sure people have different preferences on channels. You know, maybe YouTube TV doesn't carry every channel they have. But – YouTube TV has a lot of channels that cable does and not as, as expensive. I mean, Fubo, I know for a fact, is like 85, uh, 84 bucks a month. YouTube TV is like 60. 
Well, and I'm, I'm looking at YouTube TV right now and there's, there's add-ons too, right? So with yeah. the, with the NBA league pass, isn't that like 25 bucks a month or something like that you pay and you get all out of network games for, yeah. or is that something different? Okay. So, you know, realistically you could add on that if, if you're looking at it from the sports side of it, um, you know, I'm going to be honest. I, I, as I've said, I have Fubo TV. I really haven't dove into all the other channels that are on there. Um, just really the sports channels, but I, I think a lot of the other just networks look fairly comparable. Um, just again, looking at some of the general ones here, the Foxes, the Fox News is um, CNN's E Network, Food Network, HLN, um, NBC, National Geographic, PBS. You know that that's all. Maybe CNN's not on there. I thought I saw it on. Oh no, it is. Um, Animal Planet, all your general networks, ABC, CBS. So really at that point, it's just a question almost to yourself to just say, what networks do I like? Because if I still want to watch, if I still want to watch TV, what, what channels show the, the things that you want to watch? And, and I feel like it's almost, again, with me, it's literally the difference of one channel. And, and I know that, that sounds crazy, but you know, that, that could really be the decision for some people. Um, you know, just depending on what you what you like watching. But, you know, in, in mine, I'm I'm willing to pay a little bit more for Fubo in the streaming TV world uh, because it gets me all the games that I want to watch. But, you know, if, if you're not as dedicated into that, I mean, heck, even if you wanted to add on like a, a league pass at 20, 25 bucks a month, that's that's still less than the cost of what you're paying for. Usually a general cable. Yeah. And I think the last thing on the sports side is. Sunday Ticket right now, their contract's going to be up. Direct TV, it's a, it is it is a done deal. I'll say that again, a done deal that they do not want to pay for Sunday Ticket exclusively. Now, whether that means they let everything go from the NFL or they split it up with someone, it looks like that's going to either go to ESPN Plus, Peacock, or Amazon Prime. That, I mean, you're NFL's king, NFL's king. So people are going to sign up for that regardless if they want to or not because hey if the raiders are playing on peacock on you know sunday ticket i'm going to sign up for it i can't miss it you know those kind of things and direct tv is not going to have sunday ticket whether it's exclusively or they're going to split games maybe direct tv takes nfc and someone else takes afc or vice versa but that's going to happen here in the next year right well and, and sunday tickets expensive it's and, and that's 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 why I'm grateful that I live in the Pittsburgh region. But, you know, I'm, I know as well as anybody that if I if I ever moved out of that region, you just have to tell me how to watch the Steelers and I'll pay. I'll pay for it. It doesn't matter what team or what network it is, I should say. But I mean, that's but you're right. That's kind of where that's kind of where fans sit is they're going to follow their teams where they know they can watch them. And you know, maybe that's going to a bar on Sundays and not even having to worry about streaming. But point is, you are going to watch your team if, if you care that much about them. Right. As far as content side goes of things, I mean, we looked at Paramount Plus, both of us did, mm -hmm. um, before we started this whole thing. And they have shows that we grew up with that we both really like. And I'm sure we would either maybe watch it for a short time or, or and I know I've bashed Paramount Plus, but or even just maybe the nostalgia factor, Rocket Power, SpongeBob, you know, Jimmy Neutron. Um, what's another one? Uh, Wild Thornberries. Yeah, I mean, pretty much anything, pretty much anything 90s Nick, it looks like. 
right. even some of the live action shows, you know, that we would have been in our uh, don't have Nick Gass. Our time frame. Uh, that's a that's a knock. Yeah, no guts. A lot of reality TV, a lot of early's MTV 2000s. Saw a story the other day. Discovery Plus has had 12 million subscribers. That's something that shocked me because are people really dying for HGTV and the, the Oprah Winfrey network and food network that much where 12 million people signed up for it. That was a shocking number, but look, we're, we're also at the stage now where I actually think I would rather not have Netflix and I would rather have the other things because I know Netflix is extremely popular and people are like, Hey, did you see Tiger King? Yeah, I saw mm -hmm. Carol Baskins killed her husband hypothetically, but <laughs> I would rather watch shows on Disney Plus or Apple TV Plus or HBO, you name anything else, because it feels like with the more services, there's better content coming from those people, especially Disney Plus. That's something that me and a hundred other two million people are interested in, whether it's National Geographic or Disney um, or Marvel or Pixar or Star Wars. I mean, you, you look at things and I used to have Hulu and I know you have Hulu mm -hmm. still. But one reason I signed up for Hulu was it had next day episodes of shows that I was watching on YouTube TV that I obviously wasn't going to tune in live to watch because I'm not, you know, living in 1995. <laughs> and it had Seinfeld. It had Seinfeld. I'm, I'm such a Seinfeld. Speaking guy. of 1995. <laughs> yeah, right. But it had like Seinfeld and it had, um, what's another show? It, it had the League. It, it had a lot mm -hmm. of X, uh, FX shows um, mm -hmm. like Fargo and stuff like that, but they lost all those shows really except for FX. And I'm not going to pay for something like that when I can get a bunch of other content from different places. I think really what it comes down to, me and you are different, but one of my great friends, she sent me a DM two months ago. She signed up for HBO Max exclusively for Fresh Prince. That made no sense to me. I've never signed up for one service money that I earn for one show. I've never done that. I, I can only say I've done that with Fubo, like we talked about when it comes to, because as the well-chronicled saga of my apartment complex, yeah. they cut channels uh, and I have to watch that or my psyche goes nuts. Uh, that, that's literally the only one. Now, as far as streaming services there's not one that i would lump into that category there's not one that i have you know basically exclusively gone to but that's a diehard fan though because i'm i'm sure and as much of a fan as i am of the office i didn't i didn't clamor to sign up for beacock whenever it first came out or whenever it was moved over to to or the office was moved over to peacock i guess i should say that was a very roundabout way of getting to that point but the i, I think what it comes down to is you really have to look at these networks. And, and again, this, this very similar to kind of the streaming TV is you have to look at the shows that you enjoy versus things that you can give up. Because for me, when, when it comes to Peacock and, and The Office, as much as I love The Office, again, I have the box set, so I can just pop them in the DVD player. Now, we're, we're talking about basically living in 2006 here is popping something in the DVD player we just keep coming up a decade with each conversation we have here. But, but, the, but the thing is, I don't want to sign up exclusively for Peacock just because I say, oh, I want to watch The Office. Because when I look at Peacock, 
there's not really a, a a lot on there otherwise that I'm that I'm tied to. Um, there are other things on there that you know they make sound good and they say, oh, you got to watch this, you got to see that, and I, I get that. That's fine. But as as far as actual content and stuff that I like, uh, I think number one, honestly, is probably between Netflix and, and Disney Plus, if I'm being honest, oddly enough, because Disney Plus, even though it's, you know, I'm not as big into the Marvel world, the, the nostalgia of the Disney movies and such is, is fun. And of course, they have a lot of new content that's not Marvel and not Star Wars. So uh, even as a, you know, a, I say a loose fan of Star Wars, I'm not a, I'm not a diehard fan. I, I don't have a tattoo is basically what I'm is basically what I'm saying. Um, but but even Netflix. So the thing about Netflix is is Netflix is weird because I, I do like Netflix and I'm, I'm still a subscriber to Netflix. There are shows on there that I feel like I've discovered solely out of saying, oh, I'm just looking around and oh, I found this show and it's actually pretty good. There is original content on there that I enjoy, especially documentaries. I'm a big documentary guy. I know that has never really came across in, in probably our episodes, but I really love watching like the murder mysteries or just like the true crime, anything like that. And Netflix does have a lot of that. Um, you know, honestly, I think I think I'm starting to and I'm, I'm going to stay signed up for it because I'm with the bundle, but I'm actually starting to fall a little bit out of line with Hulu. Just because the only things I really watch on there are like, you know, Family Guy, American Dad, stuff that can be seen other other places. Um, so I, I think the I think Paramount Plus is starting to look a little bit more interesting. Uh, Discovery Plus, how many people did you say signed up for Discovery Plus? 12 million. It was reported back on Friday. 12 million people. Now, I don't have a gripe with HGTV. The thing is, is, is if I'm if I'm sitting there, why you know someone's got it on, you know most people walk in and be like, oh, HGTV, this is for the, you know whoever. We start comparing houses, I get into it. Yeah, we're into house hunters and we're talking about it. And I'm like, no, because you want that porch, and that's a number two, not number three. Go with number two. Right. So it it, it turns into that, but you know who? Again, it, it really just comes down to the idea idea of you know kind of putting these things all next to each other and saying what what do i actually need and actually want and one thing that i was actually just introduced to uh we're going to come up another decade here to 2015 is like an amazon fire stick or like a you know one of those things that you plug into your yeah. usb thing and everything's yeah. on yeah uh life-changing <laughs> i I don't know where I've been the last five years that these things have been out, but those things are beautiful and amazing. So you don't even necessarily need cable in the sense. You can just plug it into your TV and everything's there. And it sucked. Like I was thinking the other day, like if it was, if sports weren't such a massive part of our lives, I think I could do without sports, but only from like June to September. Because that mm -hmm. is where truly I love baseball, but that's truly where I could cut three months of savings out of my life and save 60, 80 bucks, whatever, because I'm not, I really am not going to sit and watch a baseball game every single night, different team, regardless. I love it. I might, I'll watch Sunday night baseball or Monday or Wednesday in the background, but I'm not going to watch every game. The, the HBO part of the things 
HBO, I feel like is getting subscribers like left and right because people want to see like Tom and Jerry uh, had a live action a CGI mm-hmm. movie over the weekend, it crushed it, crushed it. 33 million people watched that movie over the weekend through box office. And then I think uh, I read somewhere, this is where reading multiple reports of different places, you don't know who to trust. <laughs> I, right. I, I read like 15 to 16 million people watched it through HBO Max, and then I read somewhere else, 20 to 22 million people. That's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, Tom and Jerry's a cool little, you know, you know, mouse and cat. But I think it, it really does come down to, like, what are you willing to save? What are you willing to spend? I mean, if you look at most of the services, too, except for Netflix, I think Netflix is, like, 17 or 18 bucks. But everything else, like, they want to make it as affordable as you can whether it's six or five, mm-hmm. but when you start adding up all those things, you're, you're paying essentially the same price. Well, and, and that's where I kind of look at my, my personal spending on it. And, and I have, that's where my mind kind of is because obviously I have FUBO and, and if you do your research on these folks, you know, you'll look at these and say, okay, so the ones that are like more like live TV and have those live events, live sports networks, they're more expensive. And I think that's to be expected. Um, 65, I think, uh, sling is a little bit less here that I'm looking at. So sling is like 35 bucks a month, YouTube TV and Fubo are comparable, uh, in, in what it is. Again, it just depends on what you value, but streaming services are typically a little bit more affordable. So the, the thing that I, I think people need to do is with all these choices, you need to sit down and say, what is it that I really, really watch? Because I've always been in favor of cable or cable networks, whatever you want to call it, um, provide cable providers, having a pick your kind of a pick your poison option, because I don't necessarily need all these extra channels that I get even with Fubo, but I'm going to pay for cable because I want to watch live sports. Well, now I can pay for something else and, and get other content that I want to see for a little bit cheaper. Uh, because I pay for Fubo and sure, I still have some of those extra channels, but there's other content that you can watch. And again, I think that you, I honestly think we're only going to see more streaming platforms and it's going to be a little bit more exclusive and what's offered in certain places. And, and basically all that we're seeing now, and, and we talk about it, it seems every week, but you're right. It's because every single week there's something new is everyone's trying to draw people to their, their service. What it, what's on Paramount Plus that we can watch what's the new thing that we can watch well this, this is coming to peacock you want to watch this right and this is only on peacock you know that used to be cable but now it's streaming services so there's more of a more of a decision to make very last point it would be completely different if these networks weren't making massive deals to get like the office is $500 million that NBC paid for a show that they ran on their network for nine years to bring exclusively to Peacock. So they're building these libraries. And the only one that's doing things completely different is Apple TV, where they have no previous shows. They're just building originals. I, you know, <laughs> they have Ted Lasso and For All Mankind are, are, are the best shows on there. I just, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's crazy and, and um, you know, where we're heading, but I, Originally, I bashed Paramount Plus, and I did bash it hard. But you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff on there. I'm not going to sign up for it though. I'm I'm streaming serviced mm-hmm. out, and I'm also a huge UFC fan. So ESPN Plus is like the exclusive home for that. 
So I'm not going to sign up for anything else. I, I am set for streaming services. You know what you could have watched on ESPN Plus last weekend? Remember how I made the, the joke about Abilene Christian in Central Arkansas? Yes. I could have made a lot of people a lot of money on ESPN Plus that day watching that game because Central Arkansas upset them. So you can watch all of my fun. I mean, I'm not a betting predictor by any means, but it could have made you a lot of money last weekend if, if you had just listened to me. I'm, so, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that there, but another, <laughs> another good show in the books, Ryan. Um, we, uh, we have um, good guests coming up, good, good shows uh, coming up, but uh, if they want to follow us other than, other than listen to us, where are they going to do that? Yeah. So find us on Apple and Spotify for the show. That's where the show is housed. So again, whatever your preferred platform for podcast is, you can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, we usually post a link with two different ones on our social medias, which is a great leeway into our social media. So follow us at two Ryan sports show on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram and TikTok. Again, that's two Ryan sports show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We are actually about to hit 300 likes on Facebook, believe it or not. So whoever is listening to this who does not like its own Facebook, be our 300th like. Um, we still are, we're still a little bit lower in the Twitter and Instagram categories. That's okay. Still building a following. Uh, but continue to follow us on those. Spread the word around. Leave us a review. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Share our episodes. But follow us on all those platforms so you can get this. Uh, I think we have a great interview coming up on our next episode too. So a lot to look forward to. See you everyone Friday. Have a good week, guys.